0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Big news. The Almanac is officially back. The most exhaustive and comprehensive guide to the 2023-24 college basketball season is available for pre-order now. If you go to CBBalmanac.com, link is in the description below, you can pre-order for just $15.99 or 20% off the sticker price. The format is going to be a little bit different this season. Instead of an 850-page PDF, you'll be getting access to the full site with league-by-league PDFs available for download. The preview will be live on september 20th so you have until then to be able to get your pre-orders in so for insight for all 362 division one teams from their head coaches and the experts that cover them make sure you hit that link
2: welcome back back to the field of Sixty-Eights off season grades and today we are talking about the texas tech red raiders a staple in the big 12 race the last few seasons until last season and now rob we have some changes that were made in this program a lot of turnover as there really has been at all these schools. I feel like every video we do right now, I'm like, a lot of turnover. That's just the state of college basketball, folks. (laughs) Davion Harmon is out. Fardaz is out. Kevin O'Banner is out. Jalen Tyson is out. Daniel Bacho is out. Elijah Fisher is out. KJ Allen is out. That's a lot of guys that are out, including some guys that I think are really talented that are primed for breakout seasons. Coming back, Pop Isaacs. Really love Pop Isaacs. Among others who were not key contributors last year, no offense, Lamar Washington, Robert Jennings, Kerwin Walton, Demarion Williams, and the newcomers that are in, Drew Steffi, Jason Jackson, Chance McMillan, Darion Williams from Nevada, Kyron Lindsey, Warren Washington, Devin Cambridge, and now Joe Toussaint Rob. I just feel like I'm in a blur from reading all those names right now. I honestly, like, I feel like we've looked at a lot of other teams and it's like, wow, they got a lot of talent in and not so much talent out. I feel like a lot of talent went in and went out with this group. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think more talent went out than came in um, with this team. Uh, And, you know, I think that a lot of that had to do with the fact that the most important thing that Texas Tech this offseason did was change the culture. And we don't have to get into the specifics of what was going on down there. If you're from Texas Tech, you probably already know as it is. Um, But uh, I think bringing in a stabilizing force running the program and Grant McCaslin is something that they absolutely needed. Now, uh, I understand why a lot of those guys left. I understand why someone like a Fardoz and someone like a Jalen Tyson left. Um, And I think losing them hurts, but the biggest thing for me is that you're getting a fresh start here, right? And unlike a North Carolina, which we just talked about, and unlike an Auburn, which we just talked about, there's no like, you don't have a base to build around. Like you don't have your two stars and you're trying to fill gaps. What Grant McCaslin basically had to do was uh, build an entire team here. You know, they got Pop Isaacs back, leading returning scorer, who's like a fine player and a fine shooter, but he's not someone that you build an entire team around if your team is going to be good enough to to compete in the Big 12, right? And I think they brought in enough pieces that they should be able to be competitive. Like, I don't think we're going to see a 2-16 a and 16 season in the Big 12, especially considering that the Big 12 also has UCF and BYU coming into the conference. But there's not a ton here that, like, really moves the needle for me and it was probably hard um considering that there was some consternation around that program consider uh with nil stuff with transfer stuff they had some issues already so um getting joe Tucson in late i think was really big uh and i do think that um the addition of darren williams who was the mountain west freshman of the year and is one of these like do it all six foot seven glue guys pieces that just make teams better was a nice get Kyron Lindsay's been there for a semester already so he's kind of settled um but I don't I don't love the roster that they have put together but I also think that it was a tough situation to go into and ask for much more than what was put together if that makes sense
2: Yeah. I mean, you kind of expect this, right? Anytime you make a coaching change like this, especially in the fashion that Texas tech did, Mm -hmm. um, it's like pressing the reset button intentionally. So like, I don't, I don't think if we're being honest, I don't think anyone involved in the Texas tech program, whether it's fans or coaches or anyone would say, Hey, this year we're out here competing for a national championship. They might be wired like that. They might tell us that, but in reality, I don't think that's necessarily the goal with this team. I think like you said, it's, it's, Uh, build a culture and reestablish a culture if you really want to say that because Texas Tech as a basketball program has been one you associate with toughness with winning the right way on the basketball floor. Now, I think some of the pieces they bring in are capable of doing that. They're in the Big 12. Like that's the elephant in the room here is they can have some role player guys on the floor. You have to have some stars to win in the Big 12. I don't know who this roster has that is capable of doing that. And that scares me. Like just as someone who likes when Texas tech basketball is good. I like watching that program play. I feel like this is a step backwards, even from the ninth place finish in the big 12. We saw last season where they won five games in conference play. Um, I would have liked, like I it, it's such a tall task to just say this, like obviously on paper, I would have liked, I would have loved if they found a way to bring back one of the promising guys that opted to leave. Now I don't blame anybody for, for losing that. But we're here to grade an offseason. And if they just had one more guy alongside Pop Isaacs that I felt really good about the future of, then I'm like, oh, they do still have a core you can build and you can see grow together that they just put pieces around. It's a lot that falls on Pop Isaacs' shoulders for me, and that scares me. What are your expectations for this group, Rob?
1: Oh, man. Just be competitive, right? Like I don't think that there really necessarily are enormous expectations for a couple of reasons one it's Texas Tech and before Chris Beard got there like how much expectation was there on Texas Tech to really be more than like every once in a while get to a tournament right they they i think Chris Beard wasn't the first final four that they made in 40 years when he got there so um i, I think that that is important to note uh the key is going to be like can they score like where is the offense going to come from you know like i i i fully buy into the idea that grant mccaslin is going to find a way to defend right like that's what he did at north texas that's what he's done in his entire basketball career they're going to guard they're going to play to control tempo you know they're going to keep the score down north texas the last couple of years was mid-major virginia in the sense that they were 363rd in tempo and uh half of their defense was built around the idea that they're going to take you out of your rhythm and it just sucks to play against that so uh, i expect texas tech to do that i just they have one guy on this roster that averaged double figures at the high major level. And he's a guy that is like a chucker that shot 36% from the field this past season and pop Isaac. So um it's going it, to, it's tough, man. It, it's a, it's a tough spot to walk into. And I do think that this is a, to me, this is a year where you're trying to find a way to, to keep your head afloat and get yourself to the point where you can have a little bit of a foundation. Cause if you do look at, you kind of squint your eyes a little bit. I do think that the combination of Pop Isaacs, Darian Williams, Kyron Lindsay, and Lamar Washington is like a good enough starting point considering that they're all sophomores and you all, you have like three or four more years with those guys, right? Um, I think Chance McMillan is a shooter that could hang around for a couple of years and be an impactful player. Like there is the beginnings of a program there but this is going to be a build that takes more than a year it's not this is not like a a one-year reset with texas tech considering what kind of happened there this past season so um i think it'll take a couple years for mccaslin to get this thing really going
2: yeah i think it it takes a lot of squinting in my opinion to look at that core group of sophomores that you just named and think that that's who texas tech would intend on being their core best players in two years from now, even Um, it just feels like a a program in transition. And that's fair. Like given what happened and uh, the coaching change, like you have to say that it's fair that they're in transition, which makes it hard to evaluate them and hold them to the standard we want to hold Texas Tech's program to after what Chris Beard was able to do on the court there. Um, Do you have a specific X factor? Like to me, it almost feels like McCasland is the X factor here. And that's beyond just this season on the court.
1: Uh, I think it's Joe Toussaint, right? He is a fifth-year point guard. He's a veteran point guard. You want to get old and stay old, especially at that position. He's played in the Big 12. He knows what it's, he knows what it's like in that league. And um, uh, when he's at his best, he is a guy that can make things happen when nothing's happening, right? And I think we're going to see a lot of offense where nothing's happening for Texas Tech. But he's also a guy that as a fourth-year senior at West Virginia. He played 21 minutes and averaged nine points and two assists. So – um Can he be a 13.4 assist guy on a team that finishes 9-9 and in this Big 12? Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee-in-the-morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit... I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is, AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. And man, that could not be more
2: I don't no. know. I I, maybe... I know. I I know the answer. No. I mean, listen. I I I like Joe Toussaint. I was trying to talk myself into, hey, maybe Michigan should have had him late when he hit the portal. The truth is, it, if he's like a a role player guy or an off the bench guard, you can love the guy because he's tenacious. If he's what your offense potentially needs to rely upon to go get a bucket when things are bad your team is either very bad or he is very bad in that role or both. So we'll see. Um, It's scary. I think that's fair to say the on court results for Texas tech and how competitive the top of the big 12 is going to be next season is a terrifying prospect for red Raiders fans, but like you said, hopefully this is the beginning of a transitional period that leads to more success in the future. Rob, this is a tough one because I just have a bitter taste in my mouth thinking about the grades that we're about to say for this. It feels unfair to grade Texas Tech on this curve, but what's your grade for this offseason for the Red Raiders?
1: Um, I would give them a D without the context of the fact that Grant walked into a situation where he needs uh, it's going to take some time to turn it over. I think he walked into maybe toxic is a little bit too strong, but it was not a great situation when he got there. So um, I'm going to give it a C plus. Like, I I don't think it's great. Um, I don't, I don't love the roster, Uh, but I think they do have some decent enough pieces that they're going to be able to be somewhat competitive. I don't know if that means NCAA tournament. I think best case scenario, that probably means NIT, but uh, we've seen Grant McCaslin do more with less than what he has. So, We'll see.
2: Yeah, I, I again, bitter taste in my mouth saying it. I have to give this an F. I just have to. <laughs> it's my first F grade. Uh, Look, I gave Michigan a D. I gave Illinois a D. And uh, just those two offseasons were significantly better. They brought in more talent. Illinois got two very good players back. I can't give Texas Tech a grade that matches a team that brought Terrence Shannon back. Uh, No offense. Like, Terrence Shannon was a Texas Tech guy. I didn't even mean for that to be an extra boost to Texas Tech fans watching this. I don't if there's any any uh, I guess I don't know if there's anything that you can look on the bright side for with me giving this grade. I think this is a one year issue. I think when we look back two years from now in the 2025 offseason and give a grade for what Texas Tech is it's going to be much different. I trust Grant McCaslin long-term, but I'm a harsh grader, Rob. We know that doing 10 of these videos now. And if you want to see more harsh grades from me and more positivity from Rob Doster, you can do so on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. That's where every video from our off-season grade series is available. Click subscribe, throw us some comments while you're over there. Every little bit helps. Rob, this has been fun for Rob Doster. My name is Greg Waddell, and we will see you next time.